following all adulting adults. You're tuning into The Grown Up Podcast, a show I created to talk about the struggles of the new millennium and share different perspectives in order to make sense of being a grown up. Along the way, I search for independent music, businesses, and individuals who make a way for themselves in the content creating industry via podcasts, books, blogs, vlogs, and more to show that we should support each other's ideas instead of tear them down. Tune into the podcast monthly and don't forget to follow me to stay up on new artists, new adventures, oh yeah, and more grown up shit. Now, let's get to the episode. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Grown Up family? Welcome back to another episode of the Grown Up Podcast, where you already know what we do. We talk about that grown up shit. Now, this episode is going to be different, okay? So before I get into everything that's going on with that, first things first, I have to thank and appreciate the listeners and subscribers. The support has been incredible, okay? I thank you so much. I appreciate everything that you have done as far as telling me that the podcast is great, showing me that it's great by listening to it. And, you know, I can feel the energy through the podcast that you guys love what I'm doing. You love the mission that um, I'm on with this and, uh, you know, the the outcome that I'm trying to create uh, through this podcast. So your support has literally meant everything to me. And I'm, I'm so grateful and so thankful for every listener that tunes into the podcast, whether you listen to an entire episode or a snippet, um, you listened and I thank you. So of course, I have to say that and get that out the way. And now, without further ado, what is this episode going to be? Okay. Uh, this episode is not going to be a typical grown up podcast episode. Now, after last month's episode and everything that has been transpiring with me and that being my favorite word <laughs> for the last episode, um, I've had to take a moment to understand where I'm at in my journey with myself and understand that maybe I needed a break. You know, there was a lot of things going on. Uh, obviously, you guys know I got married, moved to a new state, all these things. Um, and there are some complications with school. And so trying to navigate through all of this while continuing the podcast and continue to stay consistent and in all aspects of the podcast, that means not only just recording and uploading, but, you know, social media, making sure that I market this thing and all of that. Um, it's quite a lot. It's quite a lot. And I, you all, you all know that this is not the only thing that I'm doing as well. So, um, I decided to give myself a little grace this month and for this episode and to not harp on myself too much for not having a specific topic that I wanted to talk about or anything specific in general. Um, of course, I had so many things in my head that I wanted to talk about. Uh, you know, I want to do a wrap up, uh, all these things. But again, trying to give myself grace and understand my, my body, my journey um, and give myself a little break. OK, so 
If you follow me on social media and you haven't seen me post as much um, within these past couple of months and even just this month specifically, um, it's because I've been trying my best to take a break, um, get a little relaxation in there, uh, give myself time to adjust to, uh, you know, new time zone, new place, new people, new smells, new scenery, um, all of this I'm taking in rapidly and also trying to focus on staying the course with the podcast and with everything that I have been building um, before I moved here. And so um, it's been a lot of changes and a lot of things going on. But nonetheless, I'm taking it with stride. And I'm so thankful and appreciative for you, for the audience that I have, for uh, you guys hanging in there and sticking around and tuning in to every episode. Again, I can't say how much thankfulness and gratefulness I have inside of me um, for you guys. And uh, I appreciate y'all, you know, so do me a favor, go ahead and share this podcast, leave a review or and a rating uh, for whatever streaming uh, podcast streaming platform that you're streaming this on right now. Um, Grown Up Podcast can only be uh, available to others if they know that Grown Up Podcasts exist. And the only way that they know that it exists is if you spread the word. So uh, rate and review, uh, sharing the podcast uh, by word of mouth, through social media, any way that you can, get the Grown Up Podcast out here. Um, and, and the agenda and the message that I'm trying to, the positive message that I'm trying to uh, drop in this world And, um, yeah, other than that, uh, I got two interviews for you guys for this episode. They are really great. Uh, one of them was an interview that, uh, just kind of sprang out of nowhere. And like I said, you guys, the higher power definitely has his hands all over this podcast. Also don't mind my voice. I am getting, uh, uh, getting off from being sick. (laughs) I am getting sick. I'm already sick, (laughs) but, um, getting over the sickness though, um, But yeah, so first interview was a a great interview with a a beautiful individual um, who's doing her independent thing. And so we're going to highlight her and talk about that. And then, of course, we have the Natural in a Wave Spotlight Artists group uh, for this month. And uh, I did interview them. Um, Unfortunately, the interview that I did with last last month's uh, Natural in a Wave Spotlight Artists was a little wonky. (laughs) So uh, I'll have to redo it. Um, and most definitely put it out and make sure that he gets, um, the spotlight shine on him properly. Um, but for this month, we have a brand new artist, a brand new group. And so we, we go and keep the ball rolling and make sure uh, that everyone gets the recognition that they deserve. So without further ado, I'm going to let the episode take over. I thank y'all. I appreciate y'all. And, uh, if I don't see y'all until next year, Happy holidays, happy new year, and may it be peace and blessings. Let's get into this episode. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the Grown Up Podcast, where you already know what we do. We talk about things with grown up life. We talk about relationships, all kinds of stuff, and all and whatever comes to my my mind. But we also celebrate independence uh, through music, through having independent 
guest on here. And today we have an independent guest joining us. Uh, this month's interview portion of the show is going to be special for those who have an interest in marriage and for those who have had marriage experience, whether you're currently married or you've been divorced. Uh, my guest today has been through both and she is now currently remarried to the same person she made the decision to divorce from. So we're going to discuss her journey to becoming a marriage coach. Um, and I'm excited because I just recently got married. So mm -hmm. this is a very much perfect timing for us to connect. Um, and she is also an NLP practitioner. So we'll talk about that and discuss that a little bit later. So uh, please welcome Claire Jorensen to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. And congratulations on getting married. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, so we're going to hop right into the questions. Uh, my first question, coaching, I believe, is becoming very popular among individuals like yourself who found a solution to a problem in their life and would like to share that perspective with others who have a similar situation. So from my understanding, you became a marriage coach through your personal experience. So Tell us the story of what attracted your attention to coaching and how this path has led you uh, to where you are today. Okay, thank you. Um, so you, you have, I'm guessing you have seen a bit of my background before the rest of the audience yes. who haven't had the privilege <laughs> of reading my background. I was married. <laughs> so I'm originally from Ghana and my husband is Danish. And we... Wow. Um, we got married, you know, we met, you know, one of those classic, nice fairy tale stories where, you know, you want to go against all odds and just make the marriage <laughs> work or the relationship work. <laughs> and we yeah. got married and, you know, it was good. Um, except we hit some bumps ar um, along the road. Um, we got mm -hmm. quite a few things thrown at us. The first thing was infertility. Um, and that was tough. That was tough for both of us. Um, also because we decided to be one of those crazy people that, you know, did lots of IVF. I won't say the number because it's actually quite crazy. So we were always <laughs> either going through a cycle <laughs> heavily on mm -hmm. hormones out of a cycle <laughs> that didn't work or a cycle that worked and miscarried or who knows what waiting for a cycle. So it was a very rough time for many years. And um, mm -hmm. we had our own issues as well. I think that was when we realized that our coping mechanisms through um, emotional situations like that was not necessarily the best. Um, but we did mm -hmm. get along in other areas of our lives. So eventually we were lucky and uh, we got, you know, our kids. But we realized that we still had problems. Um, so we were very happy uh, because that's what we, we dreamt of for years, but it didn't solve the problem. It didn't solve, you know, some deep-rooted issues. So yeah. um, if anything, they might, it might have exaggerated it a bit because now on top of it was, you know, being sleep-deprived and all that and having to figure out mm -hmm. parenting as well. But we had a very good time as parents um, and we could have some good times together, but we were not happy um, so mm. eventually we decided to get um, divorced uh, because we couldn't resolve our issues. And um, I wanted a divorce. Uh, no, I actually wanted a separation, but my husband said for him that thing in between was not an option. It's either we are together mm. or we are not. So then divorce was the mm. only option. So we got divorced. Um, and after we got divorced, it was a time where emotions were very high, not just between us, but also with other people involved in our lives. 
Um, right. So we were not on the best of terms when it came to the two of us, but we were co-parents and we, we were doing good with co-parenting. But I remember mm-hmm. sitting down one time and thinking, oh, wow, we have indeed become a part of statistics. Um, mm. This was a statistic that we used to discuss sometimes when, when we had good times. Like, ooh, do you know that almost half of all people get divorced <laughs> um, and stuff like that? <laughs> and it's okay mm-hmm. to me that we are now part of that statistics. But on top <laughs> of that, I just felt it, it was pretty um, depressing how life was. Um, at that time. And mm. I mean, I had a good job and I was fine as a single parent. So was my husband. I think he had even moved on and I was considering moving on as well. But I just felt deeply inside me that, you know, this cannot be it, not in terms of our relationship, but in terms of, you know, how we were going to raise the kids together. That there's got to be a mm. better way than, you know, the kids going to him for one Christmas and coming to me for the other Christmas going on yeah. summer vacation with him and me, me also taking them on summer vacation. And then it becomes a competition who can take them to the most exotic vacation or who knows what. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I thought, right. <laughs> I thought it didn't sound like a life I wanted to have. Um, yeah. and it was coupled with the fact that, you know, that particular Christmas I was alone um, because he had the kids and I didn't feel like mm. going to be with any other people. So I thought, wow, mm-hmm. this could be a very strange life. So I started yeah. thinking through um, what are the options out there. And I, you know, I realized that whatever options that I could come up with that were not conventional or that could bring some satisfaction in spite of the, the setup. You know, mind you, at that time, we had both accepted we were divorced and moving on with our lives. So other mm-hmm. things, you know, um, coming back together was not, it was not even on the table at all. It was not what we were discussing. But it was more the thought of what if we could do something else together? So mm-hmm. I, um, I remember very um, quickly realizing that one of the biggest things that needed to happen was we two had to reconcile. We had to get to a mm. place where we're not each hurt or we each didn't think the other person was the evil person. You know, how you try to paint a picture of, for the kids, mm-hmm. you painted a picture of, oh, daddy is amazing, mommy is amazing, so that there was peace. But for everybody mm-hmm. else, if I sat with my girlfriends or my family, it was like, oh, that horrible man that I married. And I was, I'm also mm-hmm. quite sure that whenever he sat with his family or friends, it was with that horrible woman that I married. You know, she right. was the devil. And I'm so happy that the devil is out of my life. And I thought (laughs) maybe we should reconcile, you know, and just move on from Mm -hmm. that. And that was when I discovered that the reconciliation um, had a lot to do with my ego. If I really wanted to reconcile, Mm -hmm. because mind you, I was the one that had decided I wanted reconciliation. Nobody had decided. He had not made up his mind. He was reconciling. He was living his life happily ever after. Um, and right. my husband also has that personality where when he makes a decision, that's it, he's moved on. You know, it's like yeah. the past is gone. <laughs> so for him, it was not it was not even a thought. So I realized for me, it was going to be putting a lot of my ego aside, um, not hearing some things, not responding to some things, not being interested in being right all the time, not always trying to make a point, you know how we make these sarcastic comments when you're in such a situation with somebody, every opportunity that you get to rub it in or say a sarcastic comment, Mm -hmm. take it and you feel so good about it. Um, So I had to 
you know, work on myself. Shockingly, my quest for <laughs> reconciliation <laughs> ended up being a work on myself, you know. So yeah, that was when yeah. I realized, wow, there was a whole bunch of stuff with me um, mm-hmm. that did affect the marriage and where it got to. Not that I was oblivious. I didn't think I was 100% an angel. I knew I had also mm-hmm. my own part to play in there. But I was very mm-hmm. convinced before I started this part that if he would just get a grip of his stuff, this would have been yeah. so much better. But then I started right. realizing, you know what? Maybe that was not really the situation. Maybe that was it to some extent, but there was also mm-hmm. some things I needed to do from my side. Yeah. Um, so that's how we started. And, you know, surprisingly, I also realized that once I was doing my part of the bargain, the response was coming, you know, he was responding because I always say that in in a marriage or in a relationship, the two of us are making this perfect choreography and whether we realize mm-hmm. it or not, you know, we dance to each other's tune, we respond, we react, we take mm-hmm. in. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes we get to a point where we don't know where the start, the dancing started, but we are both dancing it and then we are blaming each other. You did it and you started it. But yeah. the point is, as soon as we change the music, the dance also changes. And that was what happened. I was very shocked that he was very responsive, right. you know, um, because mm-hmm. people generally are seeking peace, you know, in life. So if there is, there is a, a way of getting this peace, most mm-hmm. people, you know, would actually respond to it the way uh, that you know, we, we, we hope they respond. So that's what happened. So we started having actually some very good conversations and some very good interactions. Um, we actually became more constructive in even how we were dealing with the kids because before then it was more about showing off I am the best parent and I want right. to have my kids as much as possible. That was a, that was a <laughs> <two of> us. Um, <laughs> but now it became, you know what? I'm tired. Can you just take these kids so that I can have a nap? Yeah. And that was okay mm-hmm. to do from both mm-hmm. sides, you know? So we started this journey and eventually we even ended up going on a trip. Um, and this was like one of the best trips we ever had. And we used to go on very good trips, you know, when we were together. That was our safe place. We could be, have, mm-hmm. be in the middle of the worst fights. But when we go on a vacation, we knew how to just enjoy being together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we went on this trip, you know, as two individuals with kids, sharing the kids together, sometimes hanging out together, sometimes not being together. Um, but staying in the same place. Um, and we realized that it actually went very well. We had really good, you know, conversations and a very good time together because at the end of the day, there was nothing for any of us to lose. What's the big deal? Right. You know, what was there to lose right. anyway? We are already divorced. <laughs> what What is the worst <laughs> that can happen? So that, right. you know, <laughs> so in a very weird way, actually the divorce helped us um, to calm down and have all our emotions down um, and be actually objective and constructive. Mm. So when we came back from that trip, that was when, you know, we started having these real conversations about, oh, we actually having a very good time together. And, and then we started taking some steps and then we moved in together again. And then we decided, you know what, let's just get, get remarried. So that was the journey. Um, and after that, you know, I realized for my own journey, of course, I did have help. I had help from different coaches, um, and I realized that the different coaches brought very amazing inputs into my life and different as- from different angles. 
I couldn't mm-hmm. have done it without them. Um, there mm-hmm. was even one of my coaches that gave me some words of hope um, that she mm-hmm. dropped some years before I noticed. She said one time, you know, I was really complaining about my ex-husband at that time and saying all sorts <laughs> of horrible things about him. And, and she said, <laughs> she said, Claire, what if you actually don't talk like that about him? Who knows if maybe one day the two of you will be together. I was like, what? Are you crazy? <laughs> we are divorced, in case you haven't noticed it. And, you know, and she smiled. <laughs> you know, and she smiled. And uh, and I just didn't think anything about it. But this was one of my favorite therapists. She was really good and she really helped me through. Um, but she was also tough with me, you know, because that negativity, mm-hmm. where, was, where was I going with it? So she stopped yeah. me in my tracks. But later, when we started getting back together, I remembered sharply that she actually said that. Um, and, and then I asked her, why did you say that? And she said, I don't know. But there was something inside mm. me that honestly felt that, you know, the, if, if the two of you could figure some things out, you could actually reconcile. And I was like, wow, that's crazy yeah. because you know everything you did. You know everything <laughs> I did. <laughs> so the fact <laughs> that you thought that, you know, that was powerful. But that was a seed mm-hmm. that she sowed in my life. So there were these coaches that were helping me, that took me through the divorce. The whole divorce was very traumatic for me, even though I was mm-hmm. the one that said I wanted the divorce. Uh, okay. I didn't realize that you have to grieve and all these things after the divorce, mm-hmm. actually. I thought, you know, I'm just going to divorce you and move on with my life. <laughs> then I realized, no, it's not that simple. I was like, wow, I thought the therapy would end <laughs> once I am yeah. divorced and I'm free, <laughs> but I wasn't. Um, so they, you know, I had all the help, you know, from the different coaches, but then I realized um, that I found some things that were very critical for my healing um myself you know during that journey of reconciliation i got help mm-hmm. but i found some nuggets and one of the biggest nuggets that i found was this whole idea of that i have to work on myself first and i know there mm-hmm. is a lot of talk about that these days and if people are even tired of hearing it but that's the honest truth um because yes, i am like my husband and i we had a lot of a lot of counseling coaching in fact one of our coaches quit on us she told us one wow. day, you know what? I, d- I don't want your money. It, it doesn't matter wow. what you're going to pay me. I'm not going <laughs> to take your case anymore. <laughs> that was how bad we were. Take, take client, for that. You know? So she quit, on, <laughs> she quit on us. So we, we had so many coaching and counseling sessions <laughs> together. Um, but later I realized that we also did have some sessions individually. Even though those were not necessarily about the marriage, um, mm. and that was one of the biggest, you know, reality checks that I had that I had to work on myself. That one person has right. to decide I'm going to do the work, and the work that I was doing it was painful sometimes, mm. um, and it was challenging, but it was also very yeah. rewarding because then I realized, wow, this person actually responds to me. So it was almost mm-hmm. like an experiment. If I do this, he responds like that. If I do that, he responds some other way. And that was right. how I came up with, you know, the approach that I use. And I then ended up beginning to attract a lot of people that 
would come and speak to me about their marriage or their issues. So mm. I was doing a lot of coaching and counseling for years. And I noticed mm-hmm. that the method that I had used for myself was right. actually quite applicable. Even in the, it, it did not matter what kind of situation it was. As long as both parties have not completely checked out, there was a way right. um, and it was possible to recover the marriage. Um, yeah. It was usually normally just a matter of time. Um, it was possible. So that's then when I felt I wanted to do this properly because I could do coaching as part of my job alongside my job, but it was very limited how many people I could help. So that's, that's been my journey into coaching. Wow. What a beautiful journey, a beautiful story, a uh, very inspiring as well. Um, yeah. this is actually, this is actually my second marriage and, um, the part uh, that I really relate to about is working on yourself because after my div- mm. my divorce from my first marriage, it was, it was a blow. Absolutely. Um, and mm. then I had to do that part after grieving to be like, okay, what was the real, what was the real thing? And the real thing was that I did need to work on myself and I did need to figure things out and, and grow and do some personal development and all these things. And yes, that was a harsh reality to accept, but you have to accept these realities in order to develop into the potential person that you can be. And so, um, and attract the potential, you know, good, good people that uh, exactly. are going to be in your journey. And so that's, that's what I'm grateful today to, you know, be married to the wife I have today because she's what I attracted when I started working on myself. And we've been both feeding off that energy of being able to do that together. And now, you know, we'll be doing it forever. So it's, it's really, it's a beautiful thing. So, um, uh, my next question is, I have never personally heard of a marriage coach, but I've had, I've interviewed a few other types of coaches here on the podcast. So it's very exciting to kind of get different perspectives here. Um, But I'm not sure how many listeners have heard of a marriage coach or maybe understand um, what you may do. So if you could explain what exactly is a marriage coach and how can one benefit from seeking guidance through an outside source? Okay. So, um, a marriage coach, just like any other coach, is one that helps and guides you to navigate through, um, especially the challenges that come along the way. Um, and when I was going through my issues, I remember that I was seeking a lot of different people. It was a psychotherapist. So a lot of them were not necessarily specialized in marriage. So I had a lot of different people, but I realized that getting people that are specifically um, focused on marriage and their main um, expertise is working on marriage using some of the same concepts but applying it into a marriage um, was actually quite challenging and especially because I live in mm-hmm. Denmark and I remember at that time um, I preferred English and you know in Denmark Danish is a language and I do speak Danish but I just mm-hmm. wanted to flow in a language that I was comfortable in so I had a lot of right. complications in terms of choosing somebody um, so then when I started coaching, I mean, I actually also started considering doing other things because I've also been a career mm-hmm. coach, uh, for many years, mm-hmm. but I realized, um, that the biggest need, uh, or that what I attract the most are people that are struggling in a marriage. So a marriage mm-hmm. coach is, um, almost like an SOS, um, help 
when you are, and right. it can be small issues, but it can be big issues. I always prefer when, you know, the, the when people seek help, when the issue is small um, mm-hmm. or relatively small, because it depends on who is looking at it. Um, so issues like communication in the marriage um, mm-hmm. or when people get disconnected emotionally. So it's not mm-hmm. like they don't want to be together, but there is just something that has happened that has disconnected them or some of the biggest issues that come or common issues when there's been a bridge of um, a break in trust in the marriage so for example when there has been an affair or when Mm -hmm. one partner has an addiction and has Mm -hmm. keeps promising that they will get through it and they are not doing enough to get through the addiction or whatever Mm -hmm. it is um or when one partner is going through something challenging and you know they are struggling to navigate through this together so that's mm-hmm. when a marriage coach comes in. And what we come in to do is, you know, we can look at the situation from a very neutral, different perspective. And especially when I am approached by couples, I always use this approach that, that if both parties are willing, that I speak to you individually before I speak to you together. Because typically right. when you're in the heat of the situation, it is actually quite unconstructive. That's the reason why our counselor prayed on us. It is unconstructive <laughs> to speak to two people who, who don't want to talk to each other or That's struggling right. to talk to each other. When you ask one question, yeah. it can just go off in a whole other direction. Um, yeah. Even though everybody mm-hmm. is really willing to, you know, to get to the other side, it's just unconstructive. Um, and right. you can waste more time and spend too much time on that. So um, Mm. I actually highly recommend to people that when you are in that place, you know, it's better you each individually speak to somebody about what is going on because the work will start with you. Whatever you do, the work will start with you. So if each individual has done a little bit of work on themselves um, and you can sort of move them in a certain direction, then when we start having the conversations together, it can go really Mm. fast and it can be a lot easier for both parties and people are each party is also more willing to move a little bit towards the other person's side. So that's what right. typically marriage coaches do. But sometimes we do get situations. I, I actually get a lot of situations where one party is just not interested in getting coaching or counseling or whatever. Mm-hmm. They are just they just don't want to even talk about the marriage or anything, <laughs> or they don't believe in therapy yeah. uh, or coaching or counseling. Um, and even that, there is quite a lot to be gained for that one person that decides that, you know, I'm going to do the work. It's a little bit more work. Right. But like I said, you know, in my case, it's not because my husband was not willing. He was not even, he was not paying at it. It was not his <laughs> He was moving on with his life. Eventually, what a marriage coach normally comes into um, a marriage or to anybody uh, who seeks help to do is um, normally to try to help to navigate the situation, bring in some high perspective, but also some concrete tools um, to help um, restore the marriage um, if possible. And if not possible to restore the marriage or the individuals decide that that's not the path we want to take, then um, help to navigate the exit um, properly. Because there is a good way to exit, and there is, you know, a very terrible way to exit, which has can have some, you know, lasting um, negative impact on everybody that is involved, especially there are children also involved. So that's what a marriage coach does. Okay, 
Perfect. So I hope uh, people are gaining some some good things from from this and that coaching will become something that people will seek more as far as when they're deciding that they actually want to put in the effort um, and make those changes. So um, as you were speaking on and, and touched a bit on earlier, you are based in Denmark. So do you, you kind of touched on that you were trying to work a little locally. So the question is, did you, do you work with more local clients? You work more globally, both. How's the, the business side of that uh, been? So I do actually have more um, international um, customers. Um, I do have mm. a few local customers as well. Um, but I do have actually um, quite a lot of people from the US and um, Canada and the UK. Um, and actually a little bit from Australia. So the English speaking countries mm. and obviously a lot from, <clears throat> from places in Africa, um, like South Africa or where I come from originally in Ghana um, and Nigeria and Kenya as well. So, and actually Zambia as well. So it's, you know, that's the amazing wow. thing these days with the, yeah. um, with, um, yeah, with online presence that, you know, you reach places <laughs> right. where you haven't even visited yourself. <laughs> people right. that you haven't, That's beautiful. you know, you have no chance of reaching. So uh, yeah, it's very nice. Um, and it's very humbling and touching as well. Whenever I get, um, to be a part of, um, an individual or a couple's journey, um, to recovery. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. That's, that's really amazing. That speaks to, um, the connection we have as human beings and being able to, even through the internet, find that connection and seek that personal growth and, and fulfillment and experience in our life to, uh, you know, reach a different potential of ourself. And, you know, like you said, do it directly through the internet. So, um, yeah, it's such a beautiful thing. And, we're able to connect through the internet right now. So, you know, it just continues the cycle. So um, my next question is, I want to talk for a second about what an NLP practitioner is and the role that it plays in the success of your journey. So can mm -hmm. you speak to that? Yes. So I do use different uh, techniques and NLP is one of that. And that's neuro-linguistic um, programming. So NLP, the whole idea about NLP and the reason why I like it is actually it's in alignment with the journey that I was on myself, that NLP is all about you. It's all about your view or what we call your map of the world, how you see things, how you process things and your belief mm -hmm. systems and, you know, being able to visualize um, what you want um, and then going after it. So NLP mm -hmm. has some amazing tools. Um, one of the very easy uh, tools that I always talk about and it sounds you know too good to be true but it is that good is um, a tool called <laughs> outcomes which um, typically when <laughs> when you're working um, through a problem um, it is quite important to be able to visualize what outcome you want what we do mm -hmm. most of the time you know by default if we are not deliberate is spend a lot of energy um and grief on what we don't want or what could go wrong and what is happening now and how bad it is. Um, right. And we are creative beings. So, and everything that we focus on actually expands. So the more I focus mm -hmm. on what is bad and what isn't working, the bigger it becomes. Right. And the more I f find right. ways and means of making it even worse. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas in NLP, when you use this outcome um, uh, way uh, model, for example, 
you you spend time to deliberately design what is it that I actually want out of this. And for mm. most people, that alone is a whole journey. Figuring out what I want out of it, they realize, oh, I don't even know what I want. Um, mm. So then it's like, okay, let's start from there. Let's figure out what you actually want. Uh, because right. we, we don't know where we are getting to. Um, and every destination right. will be a good destination where we have no idea where we are trying to, <laughs> where we are trying to head towards. So um, <laughs> NLP has uh, some amazing tools that will help you to you know, create that outcome and spend the right energy to focus on that outcome. And I mean, it's a mind blowing thing. I have used it to get to many things in life. It's actually a similar concept for those that are Christians or also religious um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, a very basic thing and it blows people's mind when it works. Like I have even attracted jobs like that, like saying, okay, this is the wow. kind of work I want. I just want a job that is like X, Y, Z. And, you know, and I put my energy and focus on it thinking about, okay, yeah. it could be like this. It could be like that. And you will be surprised that the next opportunity wow. that comes to me, you know, you know, you go and look at what you described and it looks more like, you know, more or less like it. What we don't do well enough is putting so much effort into creating and focusing what we want. Um, so mm-hmm. NLP is fantastic um, in that it has a lot of tools for the present, um, for the future, but also for, for the past in dealing with some things, some traumas from the past as well. Mm, that's very, very interesting. And I, I that kind of yeah. struck a little bit with me because I definitely have started to understand within myself that a lot of times, um, especially right now with me doing all these things, different things, as far as me saying that I'm doing it, as far as advancing with the podcast, um, I don't truly have an outcome in mind. I don't really understand what the outcome is. I just know that I'm building myself and working towards something. Um, And so I can completely understand that right now is a time that I should, you know, develop an outcome as far as where I want this to go. And um, I've ran into a career coach now, and uh, it's been interesting to discover that within myself. Um, and yeah, it's it's such a journey. And so this is very a very interesting concept. I had no idea there was a whole whole thing to it. So that's really fun. It's really, you learn something new every day. Um, so uh, yeah, my next question is, is... There are so many tools there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so you're currently uh, working on your PhD. Uh, so what advice do you have? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in school right now, too. I'm working on my bachelor's. So um, it's it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so what advice do you have for people yes. in regard to continuing education based on personal development? Yeah. So I think um, one thing that I did differently um, this time around is actually find something that I actually really am interested in. And that is aligned mm-hmm. with where I would like to go to. But that's also because of where I am in my life, right? Um, yeah. Because I actually started as an engineer. So the path to this wow. place has been very interesting. Um, wow. And and so what I would, I would say is that, you know, sometimes we imagine um, things to be much more difficult than it is. All that it takes is to just take that one step um, and just, you know, be kind with yourself and go with the pace Mm. Um, Mm. and, you know, do what you can put in the effort, but also be kind with yourself and, you know, Mm. take the time that it takes. It's not a race. It's not about finishing first or finishing fast. It's about, you know, making sure that you actually also enjoy the process 
and yeah. you can look back and you know you remember some good things from along the way now there is i mean it's it's not without saying that you have to be very good with your time uh, management so my time is very precious to me now because i also have mm-hmm. a family and small kids and so mm-hmm. it is it it's actually quite precious for me what i spend my time on and i'm deliberate yeah. about what i spend my time on of course there are also times where i am just i'm just there where I say, you know, I am just yeah. there. I'm going to do nothing yeah. and everybody just leave me alone. Um, and that's also yeah. fine. Um, yeah. But, you know, nowadays education is is a little bit more easier. Um, so mm. I'm doing a combination of being on site and being, you know, um, remote um, in, in that sense to also allow me for the flexibility that I need in my life. But education is always mm. amazing. You always learn something. You always meet people um, and it, it, it is always enlightening. You know, sometimes we actually think, mm-hmm. oh, what, what am I really going to learn here? Because I know something, but we always learn something no matter how small it is. So just do Absolutely. as you can, just do you um, and you'll be yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. That is, that was beautiful words. Very well spoken. Um, I couldn't have said it better um, because people, uh, when I tell them I'm in school right now, they're like, Oh, God bless you. Like, you know, they're, <laughs> that's, that's hard. That's tough. And I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but I yeah. also made this decision based on understanding where I was in life and, you know, that I wanted more and that this was a good time for me to be able to do this and take this step. And, uh, you know, everything that I've built up now and understanding the grace that I've given myself to step in this space and everything, um, you know, it's it, like you said, it's a personal choice. It's a personal decision. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, do you, like you said, do you um, I love that? Exactly. So exactly. Um, my next, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I got just a couple more questions for you. Uh, do you provide coaching for men and women? And if so, what is the feedback like from each side? <laughs> That's a very good question. So I do actually, um, when I started putting myself out there online, I, I always got, you know, I always attracted a lot of women, uh, mm-hmm. but I also do have couples, um, that reach out to me and sometimes men. So I did this whole advertisement on Facebook and Instagram. I coach women, like I'm trying to discriminate, but it's like, I thought, well, mm-hmm. it's normally more women yeah. that, you know, reach out yeah. to me. So I do have a lot of men. The experience is quite different, uh, to be honest. Um, And it's fun and it's interesting. None better than the other, but you can see a distinct difference. Typically, um, when I get male clients, and this is a very big generalization, it's not always applicable. But what happens with the men is that I think men are a bit more decisive. So when they Mm. come, once they have a chat with you, a very quick chat with you, and they realize this is this is going to be good for me, this is a good match. They are very, you know, result oriented mm-hmm. and focused. Um, mm-hmm. So we are able to actually get through quite quicker. Whereas for the <laughs> women, and I remember when I was in that same situation, I was like that. We are going to spend three sessions to figure out what I <laughs> want, what I want to talk to you and what I want to yeah. even talk about my marriage. And, you know, and, and it's fine. There is nothing wrong with it. And I think that was also the reason why I, I, I put myself up. For the women, because of what my own experience was that, you know, I was, I was a mess. Um, and I had to, <laughs> you know, do a lot of maneuvering before I figured out yeah. okay, what was the right combination or the right uh, coach that I, you know, I wanted. So it, I felt like I needed a bit more, somebody that was a bit more patient 
Um, right. And that was interested in spending the time that it took for me to get through. So that's why I put myself out there for, you know, for the women. Um, but I, I actually also love coaching men. Um, it is just a different ball game uh, sometimes. Um, and this is a big generalization because sometimes you get women that are on the other side and men that are on the other side. But my favorite is actually normally having a couple where I take each of them individually because you get a very unique and different perspective of the marriage and the situation. And so you get a full picture to be able to, mm-hmm. you know, actually deal with it properly. And, and, and in situations like that, the outcome, um, especially when each party puts in their effort, it's much more beautiful. It's, you know, we get a very beautiful marriage. I call it marriage 2.0 where like what I'm, <laughs> my husband and I are doing now, a whole other marriage. Uh, we might also have been married to different people, because the people that we were <laughs> in marriage wanted to do, we were weird, both of us. <laughs> so now we have been transformed and we are lucky that we found each other again. Um, but we could, you know, we could have been, you know, moved on, um, each or either mm-hmm. of us or both of us in, in that sense. So I like the, you know, the, the both angles. Um, but I obviously do get both men and women and I love, um, um, either of them it's i don't have a preference but i tend to you know um believe that the women that i get um typically because of what is going on in the marriage um need a little bit more caring a little bit more handholding through the process Absolutely. Yes. I'm, I'm so glad to be able to have connected with you. You're such a beautiful spirit. Your story is incredible. Um, and I'm truly inspired by you. And I appreciate that you have taken your personal experience and your story and journey and have turned that into not only something that's successful for you financially, but something that you thoroughly enjoy um, and that you're able to connect with a people around the world with. So um, that's a beautiful thing. And I'm happy to have interviewed you and have you on the podcast here today. And I just have one final question for you. um, And then we'll wrap things up here. So your accomplishments and drive and, and to help others is, as I said, truly inspiring. So what keeps you motivated to stay the course of your journey? Thank you. So um, what keeps me motivated is actually, um, the, the stories and the results. Um, and I mean, sometimes it is tough, I must admit, uh, because I mean, we're talking about marriage issues. Um, yeah. And some of the issues, you know, they can be tough. Um, sometimes you wonder, this is going, what, what are we going to do in this? <laughs> but I'm always reminded, or I always get, you know, success stories, um, you know, from clients. And, you know, they are very encouraging um, in that sense. But I also sometimes do get clients who have been through, um, you know, tried different things, um, not because they have met bad coaches, but um, especially Christians, um, because, um, you know, sometimes in the church, you would have somebody that could counsel you. But maybe you have one or two sessions and then you are left on your own. And then for most of them, that's not all that they need. So then the situation gets a bit worse. And then I meet people like that. And then after, you know, a few sessions, you know, you get these testimonies of, of how things are much better. It keeps me going a lot. Right. And just recently, I think it was like two weeks ago, I got like one of the biggest success stories from a client where, you know, the, the situation was quite dicey uh, to the extent where the husband had completely checked out for months. 
um, mm. and with the right, you know, work, suddenly out of nowhere, you know, not out of nowhere, we know the work that went into it, um, mm, right. but it was tiring, it, you know, it took a little bit of a while, um, and even she mm. had to figure out if she even wanted it at all to start with, but when she made the decision that she was interested and started doing the work, you know, now we got the response that we wanted, and it was, it's, you know, right. these moments, they keep me going, it was so encouraging, and, you know, you get so happy for them because ultimately, if we can restore the family and we can restore the marriage, even if we have to do a second marriage, but we do it better, you know, then we will yeah. all get, you know, a little bit more out of life in that way. Right. Yeah, I love that. I truly love that. And I appreciate you for putting yourself out here and being able to change people's lives and inspire them um, to live a more fulfilled life, especially with the person that they choose to do life with for the rest of, you know, until they, till you know, their life is over. So um, I'm so thankful for you, Claire, for joining me today. Uh, we're going to wrap this up here. If you have any final thoughts that you want to leave with the audience, any personal shout outs that you would like to give, and please let them know their website where they can check out your program and um, check yeah. out your coaching if they would like to go ahead and book with you. Thank you. So I think the last thing that I want to leave um, everyone with is that um, as long as, you know, you get help when you need help, um, it doesn't have to be me, but find the right fit, find somebody. Um, and what I have experienced is sometimes just a little push can make a huge difference in the situation. Sometimes it's just a little change in perspective or mindset or a little tool or a little, you know, encouragement needed um, from the right person. So whatever you do, don't throw in the towel yet until you have tried a little bit to see if you can, you could get the help. Um, and if you want to find me, um, you can find me on Claire, if you are Jensen or Jorgensen, it's how it's spelled, um, dot coach. Um, and actually on my website, I have the free marriage test. Um, and I have this free ebook that you can, you can read and you can always book me for a free 45 minutes call. And then, you know, we, I can give you some perspectives on the situation. Um, and we can explore if we should work together. Even if we don't get to work together, I always give you some insights and some perspective and point you in the right direction. So I hope to get, you know, get a chance to walk with you along the way. But if not, I hope that you find the help that you need, you know, in the situation. Thank you. Nice. Nice. I love that. Thank you so much, Claire, for joining me. It's been a joy to have you. Um, Y'all already know her links will be in the description. You can click to check her website out. And if you feel like she may be a good fit for you, you might be seeking some counseling or some coaching. Uh, like she said, go ahead, book that call with her and go ahead and see if uh, you guys may be a good fit. Um, again, Claire, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for reaching out. Um, it was such a pleasure to have you on and hopefully I can have you back on and we can discuss, uh, you know, how, how big your business has grown since we, we had connected, uh, connection here today. So, um, yeah, that's it for this episode of the Grown Up Podcast. Y'all already know, stay safe and be kind out there. I appreciate y'all. Yes, indeed. That was such a beautiful interview, as I stated in the beginning, with such a beautiful spirit and human being. I'm so thankful and grateful for Claire to join me on the podcast. 
And I hope you guys enjoyed that interview and I hope you pulled the gems from it that you should be. And you already know, like I said, her links will be in the description below for you to go and check her out and book a call with her if that is something that you're interested in um, and if you if the situation presents itself. Um, we're going to take a quick break here and don't move. OK, <laughs> and uh, we're going to jump into our interview with the Natural Way of Spotlight artist for this month. Equal frequencies right after the break. Don't go nowhere. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Grown Up Podcast, where you already know what we do. We talk about life here, and today it is the Naturally on a Wave interview segment. We have artists joining us, and I'm so excited. Their brand new set, their brand new music that they're bringing to the podcast. So I'm going to have them say their name, where they're from, uh, and what genre and style of music that you do. So we are Equal Frequencies. Our genre of music is electronic pop. And we are from Huddersfield, England. Love it, yep. love it. And my name's Rob. Perfect, perfect. So uh, you guys have been releasing music for a while now. So just give us a little bit of background, a brief background on each of how you got started in your musical journeys and how that kind of led to electronic pop. <laughs> okay, so I started playing music when I was three years old as a classical pianist. I started on the violin when I was seven. I progressed to writing my own pop music when I was 18, got a studio together. Um, and ever since then, I've been writing kind of electronic pop. And I met Rob in 2007 and we started a project then which had a different name. And we progressed in 2009 to writing the equal frequencies material you're going to hear. Okay. Rob. Yeah, well, I started a bit different to that because uh, most of the things, most of the incredible things that you've got now just weren't around. I mean, if you wanted right. a guitarist, you got a guitarist. You didn't get a keyboard that played guitar, you got a guitarist. So right. it was very dif different. And I think I was always interested in music from being a kid. You know, I used to play on the piano and annoy my parents and things like that. Um, my mother wouldn't let me. Uh, play the piano because my father was a bit of a stickler and he gave my sister a bad time when she was playing so I never really got to play the piano. I did a little bit of recorder when I was at school and it wasn't until I was about 14 that I teamed up with this guy and we did uh, pubs and clubs, um, working men's clubs they call, uh, when uh, I was 14. And that was very, very interesting and I enjoy enjoyed it immensely. Later on, I joined uh, a band uh, called Ronnie Storm and the Typhoons. And that was great because it was a comedy rock and roll band. Now, rock and roll is not necessarily my favorite music, but <laughs> I really enjoyed playing it and I really enjoyed the band. And he used to play three saxophones at once. So it was, it was quite a, it was quite a great band to be in. And I love comedy, so uh, I fitted in reasonably well and uh, I did that for a year and then I got sciatica and I went on a totally different course. I went into uh, higher education, got a degree in history and politics, um, various jobs 
a Yorkshire Electric Kirklees Council, which was really entertaining because dealing with the members of the public like you do, it's it can be quite funny at times. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed that. And then one day, um, I've always been bumping into Roe actually because I knew her, but I, I didn't really know her. And she was the daughter of a friend's daughter. And she, when she was really young, I remember um, running under my arm and said, who's that? And they said, that's Roe. So when we eventually got together, I heard some of her music. And to be honest, you know, I, I wasn't really particularly um, a great friend of the new music, the dance music, but I put this tape on and the melody lines and things in it, and I was just blown away. I was absolutely blown away. So we just got together and all this new technology came out. But I have to say that she is the genius because the new technology goes completely over my head. So there you have it. Rob hasn't okay. said, but he was a drummer and he learned the drums nice. when he was 14. Yeah. And that's wow. when he joined me, that band that he mentioned, he was uh, a drummer. I was a drummer, yeah, but I wasn't, I've been drumming, I was 28 when I joined that, uh, the, the band Ronnie Storm and the Typhoons, give Ronnie a good plug, because if it's about, um, you know, it, it was it was good fun. It was good right. fun. You either like that kind of thing, you don't. <laughs> yeah, so clearly there is an age difference, but you guys are a couple, um, which is beautiful and I love that. So kind of explain a little bit how the couple uh, plays into making your music together. Does that kind of get a little bit sticky sometimes or is it amazing just through and through? Well, I would say it was. it's absolutely amazing because Rob will come up with some lyrics and he'll beaver away at the lyrics and he'll make it perfect. He'll give it to me no, well, and I'll go away <laughs> and I'll turn it into a song. I'll use my studio and I'll turn it into a song. And then when I play it back to Rob, he's like, wow, it's amazing. How yeah. did you do that? Yeah, I am. And I don't, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just absolutely blown away. There's some saxophone music on the, on the new album and I believe there's saxophone music in the other albums. But it's like, wow, did you do that on the keyboard? Did, how did you do yeah. that? That is just so magnificent. As to my words, well, I'm my own worst critic, you know. A perfect <laughs> is not a word, but it's great. We are. It's fantastic. <laughs> and the great thing about it is all my life I've mixed with either artists or musicians mm -hmm. and I've written words and things like that. Um, I used to have a friend who used to go to Huddersfield parties, which was one of the most boring things you could do because everybody got slowly drunk and I didn't drink. And so my friend, brilliant guitarist, Colin Weevil, Colin Weevil, brilliant guitarist, and he used to play along. And then I used to make up the words on the spot and it became extremely uh, popular. So, uh, uh, you know, whatever. I used to make it up on the spot. Um, so that was that was popular. It was also helpful, you know, to what I do now. So just a, it was just a steady build up. But if you would ask me 
before I met Rowena, would I have been doing a, po- a podcast, an American podcast? I would just have laughed at you. <laughs> You've got a brilliant imagination. <laughs> yes, it's yes. Just been, it's just been, you know, it's just been absolutely incredible. That's that, amazing. That's the only way that, I mean, we, we, we've had ups and downs, not usually in marriage, but... Right. It's the outside world that comes in to interfere, you see, sometimes right. so open. Absolutely. That's- so so let, I want to switch gears a little bit here and talk specifically about what you guys speak about in your music, because nowadays it has become very much more prevalent to um, talk about news and current events that are going on in your music, and you guys uh, do that. So could you explain a little bit about uh, talking about UK news in your music and incorporating that into what you put out now? Well, to be honest, as a pair, We've been pretty horrified by what's been going on in the world over the last few years. Mm. Some things have to be said, and our way of saying it is through our music. Without a platform to speak, there's nothing you can do. And actually, to make any difference, we wanted to voice our opinions and the opinions of a lot of other people that haven't been said through our Mm. music. Yes, it's it's a very difficult uh, subject and many times writing the lyrics, I thought, wow, we've got a bit far there, mm. you know, only to find that actually I didn't go far enough. Mm. Um, the whole world, I think, has, well, it's always been fairly mad, but I think the whole world has gone absolutely crazy and I think there are so many divisions in the world that need not be Uh and that certain mischief makers uh, are making it so Um, and it's like well what what can I do you know how can I sort of say to somebody look you know, you watch the mainstream media, which I believe now is totally discredited, mm-hmm. and look who owns it. And you say, well, you know, there is a there is another um, there is another uh, argument, if you like. Uh, there is another way of looking at things, and it all began when one day I just said to Roe, stood in the kitchen actually, I just said to Roe, I said, well, I said, there's something going on. I don't know what it is, but if we ever found out, I think we'd be horrified. Mm. Oh, yeah, certainly horrified. And I started out, and this might not be too popular, but the only thing you can do and the only thing you can say is the way that it happens. Some people say, oh, well, he's got his uh, tinfoil hat on or, you know, this, that and the other. But it was uh, Alex Jones, The End Game. And I watched that. And then I watched Alex Jones do an interview with Aaron Russo, who... uh, a lot of these people not around anymore. Um, and from there, I sort of looked around. David Icke, you know, mm. who's supposed to be 
uh, according to some, quite mad. Well, I looked at his stuff, and you know, a lot of what he's saying is is coming is coming true mm-hmm. now. And I'd like to deal with one of the, my pet hits, and that is you are a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> well, let's start with that. First, if somebody says that to me, I say, well, do you know who invented conspiracy theory? It was the CIA. Mm. And they invented it after the death of Kennedy, JFK. Big fan of JFK. Mm. And uh, they they invented it. So if anybody said, you know, well, you know, it didn't look like it was Lee Harvey Oswald to me. It looked so-and-so, look at the grassy mall, look at the side shot and everything like that. It's a bit fishy, isn't it? Um, then, uh, then they invented that because if somebody then said, that's conspiracy theory, well, it's a showstopper. Mm. Now, if somebody says conspiracy theory to me, I say conspiracy cop-out. It's a cop-out because you're not willing or able to discuss the finer points of that. And the number of people that don't know where it originated from, get my facts straight, uh, is is incredible. Yet they will use it at the drop of a hat. Absolutely. And what we want, what we all want, is the truth. What is going on? Why is it going on? And I sort of figured that one out as well. But they may close you down if you tell you. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, I 100% agree with uh, your views as far as everything that's going on in the world. I That's really why I do this podcast is because it's so much going on in the world. And I'm trying my best to bring some type of positivity um, when there's so much negative and so much untruth, as you said, uh, going on. So I 100% agree. And I appreciate that you guys put that into your music um so talking about back to your music um how do you use your views and opinions to create your music and are you surprised at how much of the fall of a following that you've created um around surrounding your music well yeah because especially with (laughs) new album we've we've had an unprecedented number of streams and downloads and views Congratulations. Album. More than we've had on any other album that we've done. Wow. Amazing. We have particularly gone into some Christian themes as well as some political themes. And uh, we we actually wrote a song about the film The Sound of Freedom. Mm. Yeah, we did. Um... Because we saw the film in the cinema yeah. And it affected us so badly mm-hmm. that Rob wanted to write a song about child sex trafficking because it was such yeah. a poignant issue. And we wrote wow. this song, The Sound of Freedom, and we sent it up to Angel Studios who made the film and they actually responded to us saying how beautiful it was. They, they, they liked it. And that meant, you know, more to me than all the money in the world right. because I wanted to further publicize the film it took them what was it five years to get it to get it out so there takes them five years to get a film out about child abuse why 
Why is that? There were so many roadblocks put in their way yeah. as they tried to get the film onto general release. It took them yeah. five whole years to get it out there. And the message is so important because it's something that everybody needs to know about because it's one of the greatest problems that there are around the world. I mean, it's just totally horrendous. Uh, totally horrendous. Mm. And the film is very moving and very challenging. And the, the guy in, involved in it, just an amazing hero. Oh, the, the guy that went into the jungle to... Tim Ballard, he's called. Tim Ballard to get... If you're listening, Tim, Ace, you're just the kind of person that makes this world a better place and I can't encourage you or praise you enough for what you did. You mm. epitomise courage. And wow. it took, must have taken uh, a lot of courage. So anybody listening, go see the film, The Sound of Freedom. Then you will understand the beginning and you will understand the end with the drums. Just go and see it. They don't want you to go and see it. Go and see, do yourself a favor. Go and see it. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I'm trying my best to act like nothing has happened, but we've been trying to get this interview done for months, and I'm actually glad that it's been held off for a while because all this information, this new information, is really great, and it's really relevant to exactly what's going on today. Uh, we're trying to extract the truth. We all want the truth, and yes. um, I think it's amazing that uh, you guys are pushing the issue, um, not only within this interview, but within your music, and it's incredible, and um, I'm super thankful that you guys were able to join me today. Um, so moving on to my next question here, how has your support sy system been um, as far as your career in music, um, and how has, uh, what has helped you stay focused? Okay, so... We, me and Rob help each other and encourage each other with the music. Yeah. First and foremost, it's our relationship that keeps us motivated yeah. to do the music and to keep producing it. And also the fans. The more fans we get, the more we want to do the music because we want people to hear our message. And the fact that we got feedback from some of them is just amazing. We, that's what we want. That's why we do it. We do it so it reaches the ears of people all around the world. And this album has actually been listened to in 70 countries. Wow. Congratulations. From Papua New Guinea to Australia to Fiji to Tha uh, Thailand to Korea to Japan, China, America, wow. all over. 70 countries we've reached with our That's message. Incredible. That is incredible. And as far as our support system goes, we do have a good circle of friends who all love what we do, encourage us and listen to the music and tell us how good it is and tell us what, what they think of it. And we always test it out on a few people before we release anything, just make sure that they like it. But first and foremost, it's our relationship that keeps us motivated and focused. Yeah. Because absolutely. without each other, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. Yeah. Mm. I love that. I mean, if, if, if you said to me, you know, if I row went anywhere, heaven forbid, but you said, okay, then Rob, you know, you do the words, now you do the music, no chance. No. Mm. I mean, before all this, my big day out um, 
was to go to um, a place called Cannon Hall in Huddersfield, uh, well, Huddersfield area, and have a cup of tea and uh, a scone. That was my big day out, you know, I mean, I led a really exciting life. <laughs> I and the most important thing is that when I met Rob, I did say to him, come with me, it won't be boring. Never in the history <laughs> of the universe has such a statement rung true. Frightening, terrifying, you name it, it's been it. But one thing it has never been is boring. It is 100%. just not possible. I mean, you know, I mean, there might be a lot of people out there that don't like what we do, and you know what it's like now, don't you? I mean, you're just going to say just the slightest thing out of context, or somebody doesn't like it, and they want your head on a pole, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, yeah. and I mean, China and all those, you know, uh, the, the, there's not enough heads to go my, of my heads to go around on the, on the balls if they want <laughs> And I laugh about it. I obviously don't understand the situation. And that's what okay. It <laughs> it's okay. I said that in, that yeah, no. <laughs> in, in, in jest. But uh, because of that, because who am I, you know? Who am I? Right. You know, I just feel like I did when I was going having a cup of tea and a bun. Just a little more terrified, that's all. <laughs> but motivated. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, my next question here is, uh, do you guys collaborate with other people, other artists, other producers? Uh, what does that look like within your dynamic of producing music? So, I've worked personally with a lot of different people on side projects. Um, We did actually do a song on our last album with a guy called Kevin Kitchen, who is a big, big friend of mine. And he used to be famous in the 80s. He had an album um, in the charts and a song in the charts, in the UK charts in 1980-something. And he, he was he is a brilliant songwriter and a brilliant singer and a brilliant a guy to know. Yeah, he is. I've worked with American rappers, I've worked with artists from university, I've worked with other people I've met along the way. I've I've worked with Paul Quinn of Saxon, who is a big friend of ours and he's a great guy. Yes. And he's done some guitar work for, for a project I'm working on at the moment, and he's brilliant. So, yeah, we, we have collaborated, not very extensively on equal frequencies, I have to say, but on my side projects, definitely. Yeah, yeah many different ones. A lot. Okay, yeah. okay. And how do you feel um, those experiences have played into when you guys come together and make music um, and create the things that you create? Well, I started making more guitar arrangements since I met Paul and Kevin, because that's what they do. Uh So our vibe has slightly changed from more electronic to more pop rock electronic in the last album. And that's the direct influence from my friends. I mean, I, I like that vibe. I think it's cool. Yeah. And he seemed to fit really well with what we were doing. And, and he actually proves more popular than anything we've done be- previously. My background is all electronic dance music. I mean, my mm. side projects are electronic dance music. 
But then Rob's influence has come in as well. I mean, Rob's worked with guitarists, drummers, you name it. And that vibe has definitely shaped what we've been doing this last time. Okay. Yeah, then we, we did the other album, didn't we? Uh, Symbiotic. Because you, the symbols, symbiotic. Right. It's self explanatory. Old, new, young, you know. Right, right. So, uh, okay. Um, okay. Th that did very well, didn't it? That did very well. Okay. All right. So as I'm coming to an end here on, on our time, um, I do just have a couple questions that I've stormed up in my head. Um, so to give some advice for those who may be couples that are coming into music or who may are couples in a relationship that just have a love for music and now they're deciding that they want to work together. What kind of advice do you have for them as far as that type of experience and making sure that um, it's separate in a way because I know that sometimes relationship and you know uh, work or career can when they cross roads it, it can be very bad so <laughs> it seems like it say, works really well for y'all <laughs> I would say keep keep your own role separate so Rob knows that he doesn't interfere with the music because if he did, it might start a fight, mm. which won't be good. <laughs> I want to feel like because <laughs> because he doesn't know what I know about music production. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say keep your roles separate, but you know, lean into each other for focus. Because yeah. if each one of you is motivated to write and to produce together, then you you will come up with the goods and they will be really the prod, product will be brilliant yeah mm. i think the thing is you should know your strengths yeah and your, and, and your weaknesses and you should respect your partner's um strengths and know i mean as i said when we first started it wasn't like that when i was a youngster all these technicalities and technical tricks and things like that they were just not available so i totally respect uh, rowena's uh, knowledge and uh, i just contribute as much as i possibly can when i've done going over the, when i've completed the song. a song i always play it to rob the, the completed song just to see what he thinks of the vibe and how it feels to him because I obviously I respect his opinion and it's his lyrics and I want to treat them in the right way. Yeah. So I always play him the song when I've finished it and I never get a bad review. He always yeah. loves it. <laughs> because 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 we that's how we work well together. And right. I think if you have a, a, a loving, stable relationship with somebody, I think working together can be a, an absolute joy. Mm. You know, yeah, I love that. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it's it's quite uplifting. I mean, I'll listen to something being created, and I'll just sort of, how on earth? You know, that's just I've put my head around the door and say, hey, that's absolutely great. I love it. You know, and it's yeah. like that. It's like that all the, all 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 the, all the time. Um, so I know my place. You see, and. <laughs> 
<laughs> know your roles, be respectful. Well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I love that. Uh, well, before we get out of here, I do want you guys to talk about your latest music that you have out. Make sure that they know where to stream that at, where to check that out at, and give a little bit of context for them so that they can, you know, give them get some excitement for them to go and check it out. Okay, our latest album is called The Winds of Revolution. And the first song on the album is my attempt to be Bob Dylan. Mm. I wrote the lyrics for <laughs> it. She lyrics. Yeah, she's brilliant. I, I wrote the lyrics that. for it, and I wrote the music for it, and it's called Winds of Revolution. And it's a very poetic, ideological view of the world, and it's quite mm. interesting. And then there are some other songs. There's The Sound of Freedom about the film that we mentioned before. There's a song on there called Crown of Thorns, which is about Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. I wrote the words for that. There's another song called Eternity Awaits, which is about vaccines and COVID and various other interesting things. I mentioned that on YouTube, Dan. (laughs) And then there is another song on there called Creeping Evil, which is about what's on TV. And that is our most popular song. It's had like 25,000 streams on its own. Wow. So that one is the most popular. And then there's another one called Ivory Tower. In your ivory tower on the hill, how many more will your ignorance kill is the lyrics. And that's Mm. about the White House. Rob wrote Mm. that. I wrote that. I I was listening to uh, Colonel... Douglas McGregor, a very intelligent man who knows a lot about military history and, you know, he just described him as being um, ignorant, I think. I don't want to misquote him because I could get into a lot of trouble, but, you know, they don't know about this and they don't know about that and they don't know about the other. So I uh, I thought I would slip it in. Um, and so I did, uh, and I, I get, you know, you know, I listen to a lot of people and I listen to people who, uh, have done this, they, they've been, they've seen, they've, uh, been in battles, they, they know all about military stuff and I listen to what they have to say and I think, oh, yeah, um, oh, wow. Yeah, that's 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 a good line. I think I'll uh, I think I'll incorporate that in a song. But of course, they're much better at explaining anything than I am. <laughs> but I just do my best. And know. finally, on on the album is a song called "Whispers of Paradise," which is all about the Garden of Eden and how it relates to today. So it's an interesting compilation of things. To listen to and there are different aspects of all kinds of different things in the album but we've tried to make an eclectic mix that blends well together and i think we achieved that because it's it's been the most popular release we've done so okay it's all good 
Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear it. I hope others that are listening to this interview will be excited to listen to it after they finish with the interview because they have to finish the interview first. <laughs> but um, thank you so much, you guys, for joining me. This has been Equal Frequencies. If you guys have any personal shout outs you would like to say right now, and then, of course, please let them know your social media and where they can check out your music. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for uh, having us, Demi. So I would like to just shout out to Kevin Kitchen, my friend who I mentioned previously. He's a brilliant guy, brilliant musician, brilliant songwriter, and he's helped me so much over the years with my music and appraising it and giving me advice. And thank you so much, Kevin. And Paul Quinn, thank you, Paul, for all your advice. Thank you for your guitar playing. Thank you for your friendship. Excellent guy. Um, and finally, you can reach us on youtube.com forward slash equal freaks, F R E Q S, getter.com equal freaks. And we are also on Instagram under the same link and Twitter under the same link. And that's where you can find us. We're also on um, Spotify under equal frequencies and. You can find all our videos on YouTube. We've made some lyric videos, so there are some interesting videos with some nice footage that you can watch on our channel. Nice, nice. He's he's like, it's all rose. What am I doing here? You supply the lyrics, you supply the good words. (laughs) Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you guys for joining me. Please go and check them out. All of the links that they just mentioned will be in the description below where you can click them right away and check them out. Follow them. Check out their latest album. Please, please, please. Thank you so much, Rob and Rowena, for joining me. They are Equal Frequencies. This is the Natural on the Wave Spotlight segment. It's a grown-up podcast. Make sure y'all stay safe and be kind. That's it. And that's a wrap, Grown Up Family. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me on this episode of the Grown Up Podcast. Uh, it was a little unconventional because normally I don't add the Natural in a Wave Spotlight Artist interview with a regular interview. But as I'm adapting and changing and, uh, you know, figure out what may work for me and what may not in certain situations and certain moments, um, I feel as though this this is a great way for me to be able to get out a good uh, podcast episode while also not having to say too much <laughs> and giving myself the grace to take this break um, and readjust, you know what I mean, and, and get ready for next year. So um, thank you for tuning in. And I want to say a special thanks to all of the independent entrepreneurs that have graced the podcast, all of the independent artists that have graced the podcast, and of course, every single listener that has tuned into the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you a thousand billion times. Um, I'm sorry that I'm so stuffy right now trying to get this out, (laughs) but I'm so appreciative of you. And Grown Up Podcast is continuing this work. We are, I am continuing to push this positive agenda. And so if you know of any independent individuals, whether they are artists uh, for the National Wave segment or they are um, authors, vloggers, whatever, you know, y'all, y'all know the spiel. Okay. 
send them to the Grown Up Podcast, okay? GrownUpPodcast.info is the website. That link is in the description below. That link is in my bio on all my social media accounts. You tell them to check out the website. Um, and if they're interested in being on the Grown Up Podcast, I would love for them to send me an email, a DM, a backhaul, a pigeon, a something. Reach out to me. I would love to talk to you. Um, my goal is to connect with people all around the world and to shine the light on and highlight those um, who are doing their best to make it in this world independently. <laughs> so thank y'all. I appreciate y'all. And uh, I'll see y'all on the flip side next year. And for now, I'm going to let Equal Frequencies take us out. Thank y'all. I appreciate y'all. Make sure y'all check them out. Links will be in the description below. United we stand against all deceit With revolutionary winds at our back we shall prevail As we strive for a better world let love and justice prevail All the winds of revolution are howling through the land The people are rising ready to take a stand For justice and equality they're fighting hand in hand All the mighty currents of change are at our command All the winds of revolution are howling through the land The people are rising ready to take a stand For justice and equality they're fighting hand in hand All the mighty currents of change are at our command Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.